Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to. Hey, great shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. If it's a Monday, you know what we're talking about on this show. Another fantastic ATP Challenger recap from Crack Rackets contributors Damian Koost and Jakob Bobro on today's show. They debate. Whether Taro Daniel would have beaten a fully fit Andy Murray at the 2022 Australian Open, of course, Daniel ultimately did beat the former Grand Slam champion, but Murray coming off of a five-set match against Basilishvili clearly was not at his most fit throughout the course of that match. It's a fun debate here between Damien and Jakob. They also discuss Pavel Kotov's four-lee experience. They also discuss a sea of exciting first-round matches and so much more. It is another fantastic fantastic episode that we know all of you listeners will enjoy. Of course, for those of you looking for Australian Open coverage, rest assured, we've got it covered across the board here at Crack Rackets. We're talking all things each day of the 2022 Australian Open over on our mini break podcast feed, previewing each day's matches here on the Great Shot podcast feed, college tennis content coming down the pipeline as well as we prepare for the ITA kickoff weekend. Women's show going to be Thursday night. Men's, uh, excuse me, women's show Tuesday night, men's show Thursday night. All of that content going to be available live on our YouTube channel. Also going to be available as a podcast the next day as well. We're ready to rock and roll. Busy times here at the start of the season. It beats not having work to do. It beats not having tennis to cover. We all remember those three, four months in 2020. We all agreed never again. It's an exciting January for us here at Cracked Rackets. But again, you did not come here to hear me offer plugs. You came here to hear about the latest developments on the ATP Challenger Tour. So without further ado, let's get to it. Another ATP Challenger recap podcast from Cracked Rackets contributors Damian Kust and Jakob Abro Westoff. Hit that intro soundtrack and let's start today's show. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hello, welcome to the next episode of the Challenge Podcast. We are here to discuss the events of Forley and Concepcion for you. We're also going to recap the draft pick game that we had about the Australian Open qualifiers since no one made it to the, to the second week. Uh, and we're also obviously going to preview uh, what's going to happen in Quimper, Columbus and Santa Cruz. And let me tell you just a quick spoiler that these events are like really gonna be great the 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 amount of first round matchups that are so exciting is just insane compared to what we've had in the past two weeks yeah i mean we've 
truly been sort of starving uh, coming from the winter as well. The fields were weaker, but now we're back to like proper vintage, really, really good draws. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to preview this, but I think we should start with the with the draft picks, the qualifiers. Uh, why not? Let's start there. I won, uh, if I have it correctly, 37 to 27 on the points. I stopped uh, counting at some point, honestly. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think I have it somewhere. Uh, yeah, I should add myself like one point for Taro Daniel. That that would be yeah. 27. And you had, I think I have all of your points already. So you should have 39. 39. How, how many did you have? I, I had 37. I must have miscounted something. Uh, two for Trujerity, maybe? Uh, or I, I have one each per Lehechka and Milojevic, maybe something like this. Gombos got nine for you, Albot 16, Hanfan eight. I still have 37. What am I doing here? Maybe I'm miscounting. Yes, I am miscounting. Yes, it is yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yes, it is 37. So, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really happy with with how this went. Um, we we both sort of had one guy going into the third round, either Adu Alboti or Taro Daniel. Neither of them really had a big chance. They they played against quite big favorites. Uh, Daniel, as you said, managed to get a, a set against Sinner. Um, I'm kind of lucky, like considering that I picked Kukushkin as my second pick. Um, <laughs> I actually ended up who didn't give me a single point against Tommy Paul. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, but I, I ended up getting out of it quite well, so I'm quite happy with it. Yeah, I think. Um, it's, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. What, what, what do you think went? What do you think went wrong for you in this game? Uh, I think we sort of mentioned that uh, the Gombos cutoff match could be very important here, and I think it was. Obviously, that wouldn't cover it yet. Uh, I think Hanfman certainly overperformed. Um, yes. Yeah. Obviously, it, it was mostly about Tanasi being very flat and just out of gas after the week. He had an, uh, what was it that he won? Adelaide or no? Uh, uh, one, of the, one of yeah. the Australian events anyway. And um, I, I keep mixing them up. I just, yeah. I am <laughs> not sure about any of the warm-ups. Anyhow, yeah, that, that was something we didn't really expect, even though we expected that some fatigue could be there. But the, the extent of it was just like really huge. It, it, it really didn't allow him to compete. Uh, I guess I expected more from Brody, uh, which actually, I mean, obviously I didn't really expect more from Brody. I just thought that Kyrgios wouldn't show up playing as well as he did. Uh, and yeah. that, was, that was something that hurt me a bit. Uh, but I got everything I wanted from Taro Daniel. I mean, I also I probably also can't really complain about what Mahaj did. Uh, it was a very fine match against Cressy, who's still in the tournament as we speak. He's going to play against Medvedev in about five hours uh, when we're recording this, by the way. Uh, so I, I don't know if I can be really angry about any peaks here. Maybe maybe just believing that Kyrgios wouldn't show up at his home slam. But, I mean, you, you never really know. And Radu Albot, certainly, like, he's the MVP of the game. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he, he got picked kind of later in here. He was the, what, I think, sixth pick in this thing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, if I remember correctly. So, so I mean, I, I really lucked out. Uh, I actually had him number six in my little rankings that I put together of, like, 
what, what I want to take. Yeah, I mean, Halfman overperformed. I was very happy. Through Haiti, got me the two points that I sort of hoped a little bit that he could get me against TFO. I, th- I think that you sort of were unlucky with just none of your guys that didn't win their match. Or like, like They didn't win any sets. Brody didn't win a set. Barrios Vera, Gomez, Tabilo Echeverri, none of them won a single set. And I think that really set you back in the beginning. And then you were sort of hoping for Taro Daniel just yeah. <laughs> on a huge run. I had to see him making the, the, the quarters, right? But but if he yeah. beats Sinner, which at, at a certain point, it didn't even look that outrageous. If he beats mm-hmm. Sinner, he'd be playing the minor. And that's in the form that he was in, in this event, that's doable. So I, I you know, I still had hope. I still had hope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he did well, very well against Murray. I was, I was a little bit surprised. Well, M- Murray didn't show up physically as as much because he was kind of tired from the bus. Uh, I think that's actually what how people try to, you know, just convince themselves that this wasn't the Murray. That's uh, this wasn't the real Andy Murray. I think that was well, very okay, much well, the real Andy Murray that we see on, right now. All right. So, I so, think so people are. If, if if Andy Murray plays the level that he played his best match, he beats Taro Daniel, I think. Oh, that's uh, I totally don't disagree on that. Like I I just don't think he played well against Basilashvili at all. And this is this is uh, like I I I still think that even despite that Sydney final, Murray is just playing like that top 50, 60 level, and Taro Daniel is certainly playing that at the moment as well ever since the start of 2022 for me. And I, I, you know, Daniel Murray was a 50-50 for me uh, in the predictions on, on Last World on Tennis, I even picked Daniel. Uh, so, it's, I mean, yeah, I would totally disagree on that. Uh, it's not the topic of our podcast at all, but it's, I mean, it's good. Uh, I hope uh, Andy Murray fans won't hear it because honestly, I mean, is there a player right now that's liked more than Andy Murray? I mean, I, I I think Del Potro when he comes back to the tour okay. because he's beloved. But but right now of, of the guys that were in this draw, I think Andy Murray is the one. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I it's some it's something wrong about me, not about all the people liking Murray. But whenever I see someone, you know, just in, enjoyed so much and celebrated as if he as if he was a god, I I'm just tired of it. I I want to see the. You know, the, the guys who no one talks about succeed. I want to see the Taro Daniels. I want to see the Taro Daniels of the world succeed. If, if, if this gets clipped, you're going to, your Twitter is going to blow up. Your, your mentions are going to be a nightmare. Uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, that, that, that was a draft pick. I think we did it for like the fourth time. Uh, and, the, and I think it's 2-2. Two, two, two. Uh, are, uh, are you in any way certain about this or... I, I don't remember who I, I'm pretty sure that we only did it twice last year because really? we couldn't do it for no that, I don't think we could do it for one of the slams no 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 uh, that was uh, the qualifier predictions oh, oh, oh the qualifier predictions yes, yes we couldn't do qualifier predictions for the US Open uh, and we only did them for Wimbledon I think I think we we started at the French Open doing just the draft pick not the qualifier predictions. And I think we only did the qualifier predictions at Wimbledon. So in that regard, I would be to uh, love up or to zero up, not not in a tennis uh, tennis scoring system. Uh, but here, I think we're tied. I believe uh, I definitely won at the US Open. 
Yeah, and, and, and the new Wimbledon as well. Yeah, and you wanted the French, I think. So so we're yeah, tied. Yeah, so, so, so now we're tied. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting to see because, like, this was quite low scoring relative to what we had, like, US Open. You, like, For US sure. Open, the score was 86 to 62, whereas here it was 37 to 27, um, which is obviously quite quite a difference. But, yeah, I, I guess I do better at these low scoring ones where I just try to find value in sets or whatever as opposed to trying to find somebody who's going to go on a big run um but yeah this, this, this is what i enjoy doing this draft uh qualifiers thing but let's get to some challengers i think uh we can start in forli well where pavel kotov um beat quentin Halis seven five six seven six three to win a second challenger title uh second one in forli uh he, he won there uh last december he breaks it to the top 200, goes up 51 spots. Uh, he beat Denis Istomin, Daniel Masur, Lukas Rosso, and Federico Ferreira Silva. How did you like Kotov this week? Yeah, just as good as, as in December. I mean, it's it's pretty yeah. interesting that he's so good at this venue, even though he lost to Kopil uh, last week. But this is certainly, I mean, I've never seen him playing better for sure. Uh, I just wonder if he can, you know, translate that to outdoor events as well, because it just seems that his like his ability to take the ball early, just these baseline half volleys. I don't know if that's translatable in any, you know, to any other conditions where there's gonna be wind, where there's gonna be some sort of outside factors determining how the how the ball is going at him. Uh, but I mean, I, I he was basically unstoppable. He lost like 20, 22 games, I believe, on the way to the final and only dropped yeah. serve twice in the whole event, uh, once to Ferreira Silva and once to Russell. Uh, so so you know, such form is just incredible. And even in the in the, fi- the final, I guess, Alice was quite impressive in the, in the, you know, in the way that uh, playing against Alice, you're never really going to you know, have the match on your terms. You always have to sort of just react at what is coming at you and he did that super well as well like he the the defensive shot making when Alice was going to the net which he did a lot actually I don't know if he should have done it that much as much as it seemed like uh you know a great idea just to shorten the points and stay aggressive when whenever he like opened the court I mean Kotov was just so good at these backhand especially passing shots uh, and any situational points that I, you know, at some point I wondered if it's even, even the right call for Alice to do that. But uh, I, I am also very happy that Quentin Alice got to the final because, as you, as, as you, if you've listened, if you've been listening to this to this podcast, you know that I've been a member of the know, church of, <laughs> of Quentin Alice for the past like three or four months, and constantly saying that he's playing much better than his results suggest. Uh, so obviously I'm very happy to see him here before this event uh, he actually lost four of his last seven matches after wasting match points which I think also you know shows that you turn this match matches around just one point here or there and it wasn't always one match point it was five against Quaco three against Genesi and you've got a really excellent patch of play for him the funny thing is that you know possibly if he defeated Janessi at the Australian Open qualities, maybe we wouldn't be even seeing him in this event. Maybe we'd, maybe he'd be playing uh, Australian Open main draw and then I know beating Kokinakis and losing to Nadal because that was the spot that that Hanfman landed. 
uh and and kokinakis was really fatigued so i don't know maybe maybe it's for the best actually you know he got he got more points here than he would have gotten at the at the australian open well not not if you count the the ones that he would have gotten for the qualities if he made the second round but that's just purely speculation so uh maybe it's for the best that he came here actually yeah i mean very good week from from alice he's now lost five finals in a row uh of, of the ones that he's played so that's sort of interesting uh to think about you know and when, when you sort of combine that with him losing from match points mm-hmm. uh you sort of start to get this this narrative of like can, can he uh finish out matches slash tournaments stuff like that um obviously didn't win this time but but he is a very good tennis player beat uh Gurusvaran, uh Manuel Ginat, Gianmarco Moroni, and Cedric Masostebe en route to this final. So in, the, in uh, these also, five, are you counting the are you counting one ITF as well? Or uh maybe or is it just challengers? Because I I, I I I don't know. I'm just I'm just curious because uh I thought I was only counting the the challengers. I know it it would be his fifth uh, challenger, yeah, yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, yeah, but the, he, the, he also the, lost the, one. Uh, lost one 25k final uh, in the middle and i think that was also one of yeah. the ones that could be considered you know as as chokes to an extent yeah i mean obviously the when you look at those losses he lost to mute uh in 2018 cuevas morang uh last year in forli uh and then lost very easily to chelic be like in porto last mm-hmm. year as well yeah, the match against Morayk was very good, but but the one against Cedric Bilek, he just never showed up. That was yeah. uh, like maybe his weakest performance I've ever seen, honestly. Uh, yes, I also wanted to mention Lukas Rossol, who made the quarterfinals here as a qualifier. He's, you know, fun to see. He's somebody who's been around for a very long time. Uh, beat Evan Furness in the final qualifying round and then Ilkel and Goyo in the main draw. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just fun to see him. Uh, anything else from Forli? Yeah, I mean, talking of Altuk Celik Bilek, maybe you should w- mention our winner picks. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I did go for Celik Bilek, who lost to Kaichi Uchida in the, in the opening round. I have no idea why I went there, but I remember I just felt like, you know, the draw was so even that I I probably didn't really have a chance at picking the winner. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't have expected Kotov to to raise the title again, especially as this was a much tougher draw, I feel like, than than the one that he triumphed in in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I went for Pospisil, who lost in the quarterfinals once again, a very, very close match to Ferreira Silva. I was quite surprised. Uh, so I could definitely say I didn't see that coming in the slightest. Uh, yeah, I also wanted to mention uh, Vlad Victor Cornea and Sebastian Faller uh, won the doubles beat Foritek and sorry? Fabian Faller. Fabian Faller, what did I say? Sebastian. Oh, my bad. Yes, Fabian Faller uh, beat uh, Foritek and Cells in the final. Should we go to Concepcion? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, so Concepcion, where you were very close to picking the winner, but not quite. Uh, Daniel Elahi Galan uh, won the title, beating Santiago Far Rodriguez Taverna in the final. Uh, third challenger title for Galan, uh, beat Merino, Moreno de la Boran, Ugu Karabey, and Deyen. Uh, on the way there, uh, how did you like Galan this week? shocking honestly <laughs> it was quite shocking to me that Galan played the, played like this because for the past I don't know six months 
or something like this. He was just atrocious. He had that moment when he was like a match win away from the top 100 and then fell down a lot. Uh, if he plays like as he did this week, he can still definitely do it. I think the uh, you know the win over Hugo Carabelli was so dominant. The the semi against Delian, you know, the blowing a five-one lead in the decider and not serving the match out three times. Uh, that that was one of the the weaker moments he had this week. Uh, but I also enjoyed him in the final a lot. I mean, the the first set he was just so dominant. And never allowed Vigas Taverna to just, you know, just bully him with that forehand that he has, that incredible shot. And, and he kind of looked gassed in the second. Maybe maybe it was the Dalian match. Uh, but it it sort of looked like he just gathered energy for, for the third. I don't want to accuse him of tanking, but I think it was like a soft tank, sort of. <laughs> where he just, you know, felt like after he fell down 0-3, after Rodriguez Taverna started hitting that forehand amazingly, he just felt like he doesn't really have much of a shot in the second, he, that, you know, that the fuel tank is nearly empty, and that is just better to, you know, play it half seriously, and then in the in the third attack, and it worked out, you know, it worked out so well. And I, I really liked how he was able to, introduce a lot of net play into his game which he usually isn't good at you could even see that in some of the points but it it's a fantastic tactic against Rodriguez Taverna because you can just keep approaching at the backhand and time and time again you're going you're going to get you know just floaters if it, in, no, no matter if it's the slice or if it's just a regular topspin backhand you're gonna get balls that are gonna be too high and easy to volley from so so I, I think it was a very good match tactically as well from him. And then in general, a fantastic week. I was kind of surprised to, I guess, not learn, but remind myself that he only has had two challenger titles before this. I, I remember the Lima final, but I figured in like 2018 or 17, he must have gotten a bit more. Uh, yeah, Rodriguez has been a very impressive uh, so far this year. This was his first loss on the year. Uh, nine wins before that. He had only dropped one set before this match to Mazras and Kranz, uh, <laughs> funnily, of all the people that he's faced. Um, en route to, that, to this final, Rodrigo Serena beat uh, Wilson Leite, Nicolas Alvarez, uh, and then my pick, Francisco Serundolo for, for this title, and Gonzalo Lama, who's been doing quite well, uh, too. It's been nice to see. Um, anything else from Concepcion? Yeah, uh, I don't know if you mentioned that yeah, you said that, that I was close to getting a point. Rodriguez Taverna was my pick, so uh, yeah. yeah, so obviously a bit bummed about that. Lama was very good to watch here because the crowd was amazing. The obviously the Chilean crowd supporting him, and I mean the, the I guess it was also a big factor in his in his run as well because uh, you know, I I I believe he wouldn't really be able to come through some of these matches if not for the crowd just pulling him. Uh, we mentioned last time we mentioned all these matches that are probably going to end in like 6-0-6-1 scorelines. And in the first rounds, there were plenty of them. Uh, you know, Galan playing double uh, double specialist, Andres Marino, or so, Alexander Marino, sorry. Uh, I mixed him up with someone. Uh, never mind. Uh, and anyhow, uh, I mean, Dalian won 6-0-6-1. So, so, you know, what we said was true, but it wasn't really like a great prediction from from our side it was just how 
you know how how uneven this this draw was. We we said that the the, the seeds were so much better than the rest of the field, and I think it, it checked out as well. Olivo lost to Sakamoto six one six one. I didn't see that, but that was like the the only surprise. And the other seed to lose before the quarters was Andre Martin. Uh, do you have a comment on that? <laughs> uh, no, no comment. Um, okay. Lost to Villanueva two and three. I didn't watch the match. Um, yeah, no comment. I just wanted to mention I listened to Noah Rubin's podcast. He was uh-huh. in this draw, lost in the second round. Uh, and he talked about how difficult it was to get to Chile. Um, with travel restrictions, there was a lot of different forms that they, they had to fill out, um, a lot of different things that they had to submit. Like if you would only submit your second vaccination, there would be trouble and they wouldn't let you in. Uh, he mentioned Steven Diaz, but I think that there was actually like a good amount of players who couldn't make it in. And that's why qualifying was so empty. And that's why we saw such a steep drop off of quality, I think, in between the seeds and um the, the the unseated players so that was interesting to hear and sort of an explanation um yeah we can move on from concepcion should we go to match of the week upset of the week what do you have yes uh match of the week i i think it's like a tradition by this point that i forgot to pick max uh, my upset of the week uh, I mean, much of much of the week. Sorry, uh, I do have an upset of the week, and I'm gonna go for. I mean, I make. I I think you might go for it too. Uh, I decided to go for uh, Federico Ferreira Silva beating Vasek Pospisil. Uh, there was a point this week where I thought, okay, you're getting a point here, and yeah. I am. I you know, I was glad to see the upset for for this reason, but I certainly wouldn't didn't expect it at this point. The last time I watched Ferreira Silva on indoor hardcourts, he, uh, I believe that must have been Bratislava last year, probably or or something like that. Yeah. He was just not, uh, you know, I just never felt like he was going to be any sort of a threat to Pospisil. So so that was shocking to me. I think this, yeah, this was also the. The one that the bookies would go for, the one that had the highest odds, and just as a fun fact, uh, the second highest was uh, Gonzalo Villanueva beating Andre Martin. Still no comment. Still no comment. I'm not going to speak. Uh, I'm going to say the Ferreira Silva over Prospicial was both my match of the week and upset of the week. Oh, I, I was very surprised, um, but I was very involved. I, w- I was I was at work secretly watching the match. <laughs> Um, <laughs> while handing out uh, COVID tests, but yeah, it was. Um, I, I was just so perplexed because I, I just didn't think of Ferreira Silva as a factor at all before the match, and all of a sudden, I he, he's beating Pospisil. Pospisil to me wasn't even that bad. It was. It was just so confusing to see. Um, but yeah, who's who's your match of the week? Yeah, I think I'm going to go for a straight setter this time and go with Rodrigo Stafford now with France Uh I mean, when we picked uh, both of these guys to win, we mentioned that we would love to see that quarterfinals, uh, quarterfinal match, and I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, I think it was very reassuring in terms of Rodrigo Stafford's potential as well, because even though he was on a 12-match win streak at that point, uh, you know, there was still that concern that pretty much none of the opponents were, I don't know how to call it, let's say off note or something like that. Uh, and Serundolo and Galan, even though he lost to him, were certainly a step up in quality. 
so I enjoyed just seeing that Rodriguez Taverna still can still hit that forehand this well against an opponent of this class and someone who actually has a very huge shot, you know, you know very, has a very huge forehand as well. And he can still boss him, just boss him around the court with it. Uh, and it was it was high quality. It was it was certainly something that I enjoyed seeing because we never we, we couldn't really be sure just how good Rodriguez Taverna is. And he is really good. Um, yes, let's go to our previews, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited for this. Uh, it's going to be such a great time. Uh, let's start in Columbus, um, where we have top seed Jensen Brooksby. I'm not, ex- I wasn't expecting this. I'm really surprised to see him here. Very positively surprised, though, as he plays Mitchell Kruger in the first round, then as Dennis Houston in our qualifier. Other seed in the section, Ernesto Escobedo playing Jason Jung. Winner of that face is Ulysses Blanche or Qualifier. Next section, we have third seed Yoshito Nishioka, plays a qualifier, and then JJ Wolf or wildcard Jack Anthrop, who seems to be a decent junior. Both of the wildcards that I saw were quite okay juniors last year, like, like top 50, I think, both of them. Uh, other seed in the section is Emilio Gomez, playing Jeffrey Blancano. Winner of that face is Yasuteka Uchiyama or Nikola Kuhn. And then we have Yuri Rodionov, Playing Braden Schnur, winner of that face is one of the two qualifiers that are playing each other. Uh, other seed in the section is Bjorn Fatangelo playing a qualifier, and then Michael Torbregard or Michael Moe. In the final section, we have second seed Tennis Sandgren, who I think we're going to see a lot more of because his uh, ranking dropped quite severely. So I think we're going to see him <laughs> more on the challenge just this year. He plays Dominic Stefan Stricker. A uh, very exciting first-round match. The winner of that face is Stefan Kozlov or Alexander Benat, who's the other uh, wild card. Then we have Jack Sock, the seventh seed, playing Christopher Eubanks. Very fun match. Winner of that face is Gosoeda or Tunglin Wu. Also, plenty of names in qualifying that we'll go through, I'm sure. But who catches your eye here? Yeah, as you mentioned, qualifying is very strong as well. Uh, tomorrow there's going to be a match between Ryan Harrison and Donald Young for a spot in the main draw. <laughs> that, that their just... their 10th meeting uh, between these two, Harrison leads 7-2. Uh-huh. to two. Their first seven meeting, can ten. you guess when it was? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that it takes us back to like 2008, but I feel like that has to be a little bit earlier than that maybe even. No, maybe, maybe I'm over. No, let's say 2009 or something like this. It's it's 2010 that they first faced okay. in the first round of Winnetka. Uh and Donald Young won that one, one of his two wins over Harris, and Harrison leads seven to two in the head to head. So yeah, I mean I don't know if it's gonna be high quality, but it's gonna be entertaining for sure. There's fun, also yeah. uh, a fantastic first round matchup that's still to come, actually. You know, obviously when you're listening, it's already gone, but it's gonna start in like half an hour. Uh, and it's between Alexander Kovacevic and Alexis Galarno. So two of the two of the college guys that I always mentioned as as people that I want to watch more of on the professional tour after they graduate, uh, I think this is also yeah that the, they definitely met at the NCAA singles championship last year, so this is surely going to be fun as well. Obviously, Kovacevic is the is the bigger prospect and the one that I'm expecting to win this, but you know we, when players know each other well. Uh, weird things, uh, you know, just always happen. So 
who knows? And as for the main draw, again, superb first round matchups. Brooksby Kruger. Uh, I didn't expect that we were gonna get Jensen Brooksby. I mean, we sort of have to thank the pandemic for this, which is uh, <laughs> somewhat ironic. But uh, yeah, obviously he couldn't play the Australian Open uh, because he contracted COVID, so he's here now, starting his season. Uh, so Eubanks is fantastic as well. You gotta see it. Stricker Sandgren can't miss it as well. Uh, I think even uh, like normally I would just w- walk right past Torpegat Mo, uh, but because it's in Ohio, <laughs> because it's Mikhail <laughs> Torpegat, uh, Columbus is also the that that's the venue where the uh, Ohio State plays, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. So it's the it's the the one he's doing even better at because he he was also doing well at Cleveland, but Columbus is the one where he played in college, so he always does well. So Torpegard Mo is suddenly box of his viewing just because we're in Ohio, and then from these excellent first round matchups, we're gonna get even better second rounds, and it's just gonna be insane. There's a lot of people who could win it, as always. Uh, it's easy to just go Brooksby, but I don't know if I trust that in a section with Kruger in, then Escobedo in the quarters, possibly. That's really tough. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, I probably will regret this, but I am going to go with Bjorn Frotangelo. So someone you've been picking a lot. Uh, but I, I, I'm just going to trust that form he had in Bendigo or Traralgon. This is one of the moments where I don't know which Australian event it was. I think it was Trelargon. Yes, definitely Trelargon. Uh, and not the uh, loss to Renzo Olivo in the Australian Open qualifying. I think if he is fit again, uh, he can certainly go very far here. Rodionov hasn't played well in, in a while and Storpegard Mo, I think this is beatable for him. Um, yeah, uh, just for just one more thing on Torpegard Mo. It's their sixth meeting. Uh, Moly's the head-to-head four to one, and they've actually met uh, in in Ohio twice before, once in Cleveland, once in Columbus, uh, and uh, Torpegat won one of those meetings. Mo won the other one, uh, so we're going to get sort of a, a, a decider uh, between these two to see who's if 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 Torpegat is truly the king of Ohio. Yeah, surprised he uh, isn't leading to zero in Ohio, but okay. <laughs> 2018 i mean okay he was he was still in college but he's one zero against him in ohio post college (laughs) (laughs) yes if we're going to specify that study further yes um you said it's easy to go brooksby and it is and i am going brooksby because why would i not go not, not go brooksby of course the section is not easy you have kruger who's very difficult you have escobedo who uh won bendigo uh, to start the year, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's not an easy section, but I don't think any of these are. I, I think Fratanto probably has the easiest section. If you, I mean, but, but, but then you sort of discounting Torpegard, uh, and you have three qualifier spots in there, which could be a very dangerous qualifier in there. So we'll see. Brooksby is a very good tennis player. Uh, he this might be one of the. Last times that we see him in a challenger draw for for a while. Uh, I don't know if he signed up to play the other American events after this. We'll, we'll see. Um, well, that was just a wild card, so I I think he's just gonna play ATP events when they when they are there. Actually, right? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, that, there, that, there would be absolutely like, so, no point for him. Yeah, he's signed up for yeah. Dallas in two weeks' time. 
that's actually three weeks time from now on uh, and Delray Beach in, in, in a month. So, uh, mm. or actually, um, um, yeah, I, I still can't count. I mean, I, uh, yeah, Dallas is in two weeks time and Delray Beach is in three weeks time. Anyhow, uh, what would, who would be your semifinalist pick from the bottom quarter? So from the fourth quarter was Sanguin yeah. Salk in there. Um, Kozlov, Stryker, Salk, Eubanks, yeah. Sandgren. Difficult. Incredible it's, stuff. It's literally, it's, it's, it's five out of the eight that I can very plausibly see getting yeah. there. Uh, and I, th- I, I think I'll see Salk out of, out of okay. that one. That's funny because I wanted to say Chris Eubanks and they're playing each other in the first <laughs> round. So that, that shows you how even that, that quarter is and how good the field is in general. Uh, I think the, the second quarter has a clear favorite. Yeah, it definitely has a clear favorite. But other than that, anything can happen here, really. Uh, yes. Yeah. All right. Should we go to uh, Kimper? Sure. Kimper, where we also have very interesting matchups and very interesting players. Uh, we have Anil Laksman, top seed, playing Damir Jumhur. Winner of the face is Luka Van Ash, uh, our qualifier. Also in the section is Yuzhi Lahechka, playing Gregor Barer. And Luka Pui, playing Maxim Janvier. In the second section, we have Denis Novak. Uh, the third seed, playing Zizou Berks. Winner faces Filip Horansky, our qualifier. Then we have Joao Sousa, playing Frago Akamenohe. Winner faces Mohamed Safwat or Constantin, uh, Constantin, Constant Lestien. My bad. <laughs> yeah, just tired. Uh, then we have Gilles Simon playing Katsper Juk. Winner faces Antoine Huang or Qualifier. We also have Vasek Pospisil uh, playing Matthias Borg. Winner faces Mats Morang or Lukas Latsko. And in the last quarter, we have Pierre Uk Erbet, the second seed playing on Qualifier. Winner faces Mark Andra Hisler or Joe Wilfried Zonga. He's back. I didn't know that he was coming back here. I'm so excited to see Tsonga again. He hasn't played since Wimbledon last year. I believe he was yep. bad last year, <laughs> but um, he's obviously been going for a long time. So even if he's bad and he comes back, I'll, I'll be very happy. Uh, to close that section, we have Roman Safilin playing Ruben Bemelmans and the winner faces a qualifier as there's two that face each other. As we had in Columbus, a lot of strong qualifiers here. And I think can make an impact. Van Rijthoven, Kuznetsov, Foretek, uh, some really, really strong guys in there. Uh, so what do you what do you make of this draw? Yeah, I think he uh, the, the qualifiers, you know, they're, they're strong as well, but I don't know if there's anyone that can really like win this event in a regular challenger. Yes, but this is a really good field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as, as we mentioned, there's gonna be just amazing first round matchups all around the world. Like Son and Jumhur, I, I wanna watch it for sure. Parer, Hechka, Novak Bergs, as you said, Song guys, it's just insane. I think he played uh, a few exhibitions in December and did quite well. Uh, I, I, I think he beat Gasquet or some, something like this. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, yeah, it seemed it seemed great. Uh, I, I I didn't see it. I don't know if it was even streamed. Honestly, uh, I just I just read about the results in some articles. Uh, anyhow, he he obviously asked for the uh, French reciprocal wildcard for the Australian Open and didn't get it. Uh, Lucas Puy uh, got that. Uh, I'm also very excited to see Luca Vanasha. He, he won uh, his first ITF title like a week ago. 
right? think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it wasn't this week. It was, it was a week ago, uh, 15 K mm-hmm. on clay, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, uh, who knows, uh, this guy is obviously, uh, we've, we've seen him make a challenger quarterfinal last year, even though he's just, he's just 17, the, the Ron Garros 2021 boys singles champion. Uh, anyhow, uh, in terms of who I want to pick, uh, again, this is going to be, you know, there's plenty of guys who can win it. I don't know if like, yeah, let's go Roman Safiolin. Uh, mm. I still think he can play well uh, outside of the ATP Cup. I think that the the loss to Brody in Australian Open qualities was just you know, a mental hiccup. He was leading six four five two in the in the you know in his final qualifying round. Uh, then he played Molchan and looked quite all right. Uh, he, know, just... he choked that match though against Molchan. Yeah, to be again. I mean, just... <laughs> Molchan wasn't even walking really. Uh, he, he was he was he was barely serving mm-hmm. by the end. Yeah, that, that was that was the one where the, the first set was like very high level, and then they both. Uh, yeah, Mo, I remember this one. Yeah, Molchan was cramping and feeling. Yeah, but I still feel like he can play at a very high level if his yeah. mental game is spot on. It was at the ATP Cup. I don't know if it's going to be here. Uh, the draw is. Okay, Bemel Mans, who is usually very good indoors, but you know, he, there's gonna come a point when he's not going to be able to get the, those wins anymore. Uh, then a couple of qualifiers, and I have no idea what to think about this section with Songa and Derber. Uh, we just have to wait and see how these guys do. Yeah, I had real trouble picking somebody yeah. here. I, I was very, I don't know. Like, like everybody that I looked at, I was like, oh no, there, there's something preventing them. Like, like Laksan is Jumhor first round. Uh, we, I mean, no, 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 but we've got to be good for, for a while. Um, I, I looked at Lehechka, maybe Denis Novak plays Izubergs, even though outside of that, the section is actually quite easier, I think. Um, there's Pospicial, Pospicial, who's lost quarters twice in a row. Uh, then there's Mas Morainko, I talked about for a little bit. Safiulin, Safiulin, I, I just didn't like the way that he played. He finished that magic as Molchan. And then I arrived at Jogo Frutsonga, who is sort of a blank slate. Uh, I, it's very unlikely to me that Jogo Frutsonga is going to win this tournament. But I am picking Jogo Frutsonga yes. to win this tournament. <laughs> and I'm not happy because I think that it's unlikely. I'm just happy because I like these picks. That's exactly what I want. No top seeds. <laughs> No, I don't know um, who, who's in form here. Roman Safiulin or, or whoever. Just let's just go show you Songa. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it has sort of the shades of my very first pick that I made on the podcast, which was Paolo, Paolo Lorenzi. Uh, who just very much passed his best. But Tonga, I mean, here's the thing. So Hisler is, is tough. There's no way around it. Hisler isn't, isn't an easy opponent. Pierre Ugerber kind of kind of sucked last year on indoor hard. I wasn't really convinced. He he wasn't great. Um, then you know Safilin is there. Safilin who choked against Malchan. All of a sudden he's in the semifinals, and anything can happen. So <laughs> it's it's obviously yeah. I, I'm I'm glad that you said the thing about the exhibition uh, because I, I didn't watch and I, I didn't see the results or anything from an exhibition that Tonga played in. 
Um, I'm just very curious and I want to cheer Tonga on and I definitely will this week. Yeah, yeah then he plays Lukas Laczko in the semifinals and Filip Horanski yes, yeah. in the final. <laughs> we know what you're thinking. Um, <laughs> the honestly, loses a lot with the draw. Even if Songa wins this title, I'm not even gonna be mad that you're getting the points. I, I don't. I wouldn't. I know. I'm just not gonna care. Uh, this, this would be a yeah, fantastic I mean, story, and we should just celebrate it, not not cry over it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a pick that I should make once I've already had, had like five correct this year or something. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're both looking for our first correct pick. Uh, so yeah, maybe we'll get it in Santa Cruz. Should we go to Santa Cruz? Sure. Santa Cruz, which is an absolute banger of of a top line. Hugo Dayen, top seed, plays Santiago Fadro against Taverna. That's <laughs> that's huge. Uh, huge first rounder. Unbelievable winner gets to play Daniel Dutra Silva or a qualifier. Also in the sections, Daniel Collage against the qualifier. And then the winner of the face is Nicolas Alvarez or another qualifier. Second section, we have Francisco Serundolo playing Facundo Diaz Acosta. Also very exciting winner faces Sakamoto or Tirante. Uh, then we have Facundo Mena here playing Genaro Alberto Olivieri. Winner faces Moreno de Alboran or Federico Ceballos. Then we've got Tomas Martin Echeverri playing Francisco Comesana. Winner faces uh, Murke Dayen, who's uh, Hugo Dayen's brother, uh, who did very well in the first week playing Darian King, who I, I thought that he retired to become a coach or something. I was very surprised yeah, to see I think, I think we've had this discussion before. Like I, I think this is yeah. like the third time on this podcast where you say that you, you thought that Darian <laughs> King retired and he's in a giant drop. <laughs> Every single time I see him, I'm like, oh, Darian King, I, I thought he's I thought he's gone. Anyway, we have Camilo Hugo Carabey playing Orlando Luz. Uh, winner faces Boris uh, Arias or a qualifier. Final section, we have Andre Martin playing a qualifier. Uh, winner of that faces, so the qualifier is going to face Gonzalo Lama or <laughs> Carlos Gomez Herrera. Just kidding, Andre Martin might win. Also in the section, we have Fernando Vedasco playing Mateus Pucinelli de Almeida, which should be very fun. Winner faces Juan Pablo Ficovic or another qualifier. Um, we also have some names in here uh, in the qualifying. We have Pedro Cachin, Gonzalo Villanueva could beat um, Martin again if he gets drawn into his <laughs> section uh, out of qualifying. Uh, I feel like that's about it for for the, for the names in qualifying. Preston it, it, Brown. <laughs> Who? What? Preston Brown. Uh, do you know like who? He's very famous. Preston Brown. He's very famous for one thing. He's always at the end of every single entry list. This guy like signs up for the main draw of an ATP 250. And he's always like the last person on the alternate list. And never and gets it, in, never gets in, obviously, with his Oh, and, and he actually got in and won a match here. I he didn't show yeah. up in my uh thing here. I don't know why. But yeah, Preston Brown. Uh he he's won a match. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh against the Bolivian wildcard. And I actually uh, I wanted to bring him up because I once had a dream about Preston Brown, uh, <laughs> which is like that, you know, that, that's tennis hipsterism level uh, over 9,000. But uh, it was about, well, I was just watching tennis in the dream. So I, I didn't know it was a dream. Obviously, I didn't, rea I didn't realize that. 
uh, and he was playing Stefanos Tsitsipas and uh, I don't know at some tournament that was televised so just, you know just in regular regular channels so it had to be like an ATP tour event and he was leading him like 3-1 or 4-2 something like that that's that was like the whole dream uh, <laughs> that's probably not happening. Anyhow, <laughs> yeah, from the qualities, obviously, Pedro Kachin could always have a run. I think he signed, yeah, he definitely signed up late simply. So, uh, so he couldn't, uh, couldn't get into the main draw normally, which he, which he would have. Uh, I just checked, uh, you know, the, the altitude of Santa Cruz because I figured Bolivia, it's, you know, there's a lot of mountains. La Paz, I believe, is the highest, uh, the the capital of the world that is located at the highest altitude uh so i figured santa cruz could be could be this way as well but sadly not it's just 400 meters because and and i, and I say sadly because i was fully ready to just slam at Tiago tirante peak <laughs> or maybe facundo mena for example they're both amazing at altitude as we've seen last year in ambato and uh, quito uh, but with that, I still don't know who I'm picking. There's plenty of first-round matchups that are super exciting. Again, Delian Rodriguez Taverna. I don't want to pick a winner out of that. Like I don't believe Rodriguez Taverna will have the, the stamina to to win again. But I also don't want to pick Delian because he might have the stamina for one or two matches. Uh, I don't want to pick out of Francisco Serundolo Facundo Diaz Acosta. That's, that seems too tough again. And I mean, I've picked Fernando Verdasco this year and as much as it's like in good spirits and somewhat like the Tsonga pick, uh, him playing Puccinelli de Almeida, that doesn't exactly fill me up with confidence. Uh, if it was altitude again, maybe I'd be, I'd be going Gonzalo Lama or, or Andre Martin even. And I just really don't know what to do. Um... Let's go for something crazy, maybe. I mean, you went with... No, I mean, this, this seems like the easy way out, but I'm going to go with Echeverry. I have no idea why he didn't play last week. Uh, he withdrew out of Concepcion. Uh, not sure what was the reason, but he was... Obviously... It wasn't the main draw. That was the reason of Australian Open. Oh, yes, because he made it to the main draw. I, I, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, he lost to Karani Busta <laughs> in the first round. I am stupid as, as you know, I'm not going to say that. I think uh, I think the guys at, at Crack Rackets actually have this weird sound that they uh, use to interfere with uh, square words. But I, I don't, you know, I, I just don't want to have to uh, send them the, <laughs> the timestamp for my... Uh, for for a one word that I said during during the recording. Anyhow, it's you know, regardless. Let's just look at the draw. Uh, as you said, Echeverry made the uh, made the Australian Open main draw. Didn't look too well against Karenio Busta, but I mean, he's obviously a clay court specialist. Yeah, hardcore. He's obviously a clay court specialist, and I just have to like that section. Ugo Carabelli lost so easily to Galan this week. Uh, loses out of form completely, and like the the ones nearer Echeverry, Comesana hasn't really succeeded outside ITF level yet. Murkel Dalian, as you mentioned, had a great run, but Daria King, Murkel Dalian, that's still a lot weaker than most of the other guys that I 
uh, you know, that they want to go for will have to face in their early rounds. I think Achevery is the only sensible pick. And I expect you to pick it too, because you've been picking Achevery so many times that, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I do love picking Thomas Martin Achevery and that's why I'm picking him again. Um, as you said, it's it's a section that I that I have to like a lot. Uh, the other ones, there there's like I, I feel like the top two favorites, or maybe maybe not top two favorites, but top section we have Dayan against Rodriguez Taverna. Second section we have Serundolo against Diaz Acosta. Last section there's nobody really that I think is going to win the tournament. Maybe Puchinelli de Almeida, maybe Vedasco, but they play each other once again. So Echeverri is sort of the logical pick, and I love picking him. Why would I not pick him? Yes, Echeverri. One of these tournaments, Andre Martin is going to win, and you're going to regret not picking him every time you see him in the draw. He's going to make me regret everything. Yeah, but actually, uh, yeah, he's like one of the worst players you can do that with, like picking them every single time uh, they're in the draw, just because as, last year he was like in 50. 35 challenger events, something like this, yeah, right? 35. Yeah, so you would have missed on 35 challenger events by default, so, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he lost 35 times, but I don't think that he played, they, they weren't all challengers, of course, but... Oh, yeah, yes, I mean, you're, you're absolutely he right. He played a lot of challengers, but never really... Did, didn't make a single final, did he? A couple of semis here. Final? No, I can't. Country. Made the made the main draw semi final, which is which was pretty cool last uh, year. Belgrade, um, right? Same Belgrade, but to, took a set off of Novak Djokovic. I, I feel like you know, <laughs> it's it's all there. He just needs to put it put it together. Yeah, it's um, actually twenty challengers. So yeah, I'm also thinking this guy's 32 years old now. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know if he's ever going to get back to to being like he used to be. Um, I, I actually noticed a couple of interesting like late signings that, like you mentioned, Kachin, and it was that Noah Rubin is playing qualies uh, at a at a twenty five k, and also Turnev is playing qualies at a fifteen k. I think, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, very, very odd. Yeah, Tourneur's playing, uh, qualifying for Antalya 15K. Uh, so I just wanted to mention that. I don't know, noticed it earlier. thought it was kind of funny. Um, yeah, I, yeah, saw... I, uh-huh. uh, I saw Ricardo Bonadio playing a 15K last week, for example. That was oh. also pretty shocking. He lost in the semis to Daniel Michalski. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Tourneur, I, I see, yeah, he's playing uh, qualies to to the 15k Antalya, that's hilarious. He defeated a, a Turk today, losing just one game. Good, yeah, good for him. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to a 25k in what is it? I think two two weeks from now, three weeks from now. Mm-hmm. There's one in Glasgow. Um, cool. The site isn't super convenient for me. It's like 40 minutes away, but I mean, it's it, it's in my city, and I actually am confident in the field being quite good. Because the the entry list for the one that's in that that's a twenty five k in the UK this week is quite good. Uh, the entry list for next week is is even better. So I think there's going to be some some fun players, maybe some interviews potentially. We'll see. We'll, yeah, we'll, the twenty five k's in in UK were very exciting from what I saw. Yeah, uh, twenty five Glasgow. Yeah, the order the entry list is not out yet, right? Yeah, not 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 yet. It, it comes out next week at some point mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but there's the entries for Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury or however it's... Shrewsbury, yes. Yeah. Blanca, no, Uchida, Peniston, Kazo, Job, McHugh. Wow, that, that's that's really good, yeah. The one in yeah. Bath, I think, had mostly Brits. And this one looks yeah, yeah, the... more international. Yeah, yeah. Bath was a bit of a flop. It was almost all Brits in, in the entire draw. Daniel Cox won it. But yeah, that was actually a combined event. Uh, it's also women's 25K in Glasgow at the same time. So looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. Um, but yeah, I think we can wrap it up here with a little recap in Columbus. I picked Brooksby. You have Fratangelo in Kimper. I have Tsonga. <laughs> you have Safilin. And we both have Echeverri in Santa Cruz. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm a bit surprised that I'm picking Fratangelo and you're not picking Fratangelo, but I mean, it makes a lot of sense with Jensen Brooks being the draw. Uh, yeah. But we've been, these are like your favorite picks, Echeverri, Fratangelo, Brooksby, uh, and Songa. Yeah, we never really <laughs> had a chance to pick Javier Fritz Songa, yeah, right? Did no. we? I mean, no, he, no, no. he obviously he, played he, Challengers, you know, in the... In 2019, he last played in the Challengers, yeah. I think. He he played in Bordeaux, was it? Bordeaux, where he lost to Horansky, yes. And then he also won that one in Cassis and made a, uh, an all-time record. Uh, I don't know if you if you happen to know what that is. No, uh, didn't know about that. A, yeah, he 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 won a challenger in Cassis and played the final against Dudicella, and this is to this day uh, the shortest ever uh, ATP challenger to the final. Wow, it's and it's either, not even a double vehicle. Either no, 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 no. He he lost. He lost. Uh, he lost one game. Uh, I can't believe. I can't remember if it's forty-three or forty-four minutes, but it's definitely one of these two. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if if he brings that form like he he did in twenty nineteen, where he obviously had a huge comeback, he started the year very very low and then ended up getting I don't know if like top thirty or how how high he ended up getting. Um, yeah. Obviously, 2020 didn't play a lot. Uh, 2021 won one match, so it's it's hard to know what 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 what, what are we going to see here. Um, but whatever it is, I'm I'm excited for for Tsonga here. Yeah, I I'm just looking at the odds, and they're like even for for him against Wessler, which must mean that he really played well in these exhibitions. I guess. Wow. Yeah. Uh, because I, I don't think they would be, uh, you know, if, if he was just just like we saw him last time. Then again, uh, yeah, for example, against Nishioka at the French Open, he was like a massive underdog. And against Gerasimov in Barcelona, for example. So so I, I suppose that he really must have been looking quite well recently in order for the, for the bookies to price him this way. Uh, yeah, anyhow, yeah, let's finish it. That uh, you have our picks, you have our recommendations for what you should be watching this week, and there's really plenty of these absolutely thrilling popcorn matchups early on. Uh, this is really a week that if you're you know, if you're just watching the Australian Open, it's basically going to interfere just a little bit. The the late night matches in Columbus and Santa Cruz might interfere with the Australian Open, but uh, definitely not much and other than that like just whenever you're not watching Melbourne there's gonna be challengers <laughs> there's gonna be plenty of excitement there for sure so 
so definitely it's recommended to check it out because this week is going to be insanely good. Uh, yeah. And thanks for listening and see you in a week then. Bye. Hope all of you listeners enjoyed another ATP Challenger-centric podcast from host Damian Kust and Jakob Bobro. A thank you to them, as always, for their contributions to us here at Crack Rackets. I say it every week. I mean it every time. Not going to find two people further ensconced on the ATP Challenger beat than Damien and Jakob. So a huge thank you to them, as always, for their continued dedication. As I mentioned at the top, Australian Open coverage happening across our platforms as well. Daily recaps on the mini break feed. Daily picks here on the GSP Ace of the Day podcast feed as well as we cover all the action at the year's first Grand Slam. Of course, we've got college tennis ITA kickoff weekend around the weekend as well. Live shows Tuesday and Thursday night about the women and men respectively. We'll have content throughout the weekend as well as we broadcast all of the action. We'll talk about more of that throughout the course of the week. A shout out as always to the man on the ones and twos who makes all this content possible. Super producer Daniel Westoff for the f- of editing job he does day in, day out. Again, all the content available on the website crackrackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe, review to all the shows in our YouTube channel to ensure you don't miss out on any of the action. But with all of that said, for our fantastic host, Damien Kusinyaka Babro, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot. And we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.